Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather. Thank you for for just being faithful to us, so just being so real and so true, and for for just your love and your peace and your goodness and and your hope that you give to us and you extend us. And so I just thank you for that, Holy Spirit. I just submit myself to you this morning. Speak through me, in the mighty name of Yeshua, Jesus. Amen. Good morning. So, hey, I we got to couple people I want to acknowledge. Pastor George, he's home. He's always here, but from NEMA Community Church. It's good to see you. And then Gary Irby from the Northwest Baptist Convention and also Seattle Church Planning. So welcome, Gary. It's great to, to see you here. He's, he's had a great impact on my life. And so many people may not know that, but we love you. And my wife and I do, and we appreciate you. So it's good to see you, your face here. Yeah. So, um, so I was... Um, <clears throat> praying and thinking, and I had kind of a long week, because if you guys know, my dad passed, and I went back, and Tuesday, um, I had the honor of my life to get to be one of the officiants at my dad's celebration of life service, and um, everybody thinks about all the things that you lose, right, when, when someone someone goes away, or someone's gone, and but in this season, I've found that God's grace and God's peace is greater than anything that I could ever feel or think that I lost. And I didn't lose my dad because my dad is in a way better place. And he left a legacy behind that I can build on and that I can stand on and that I can carry on. And everything that I do or my sisters do or my, or my nieces or nephew or kids do is carrying on his legacy and we look at this and we think about loss all the time well I've lost this or I lost that but I was thinking about you know what I didn't lose my dad in this because he's in a better place I didn't lose my peace I didn't lose my hope I didn't lose my future I didn't lose anything in fact as I got done speaking I I went to step down in it and uh from from the pulpit and a little piece of paper um kind of flipped off onto the ground and it was this and it was Jeremiah 29 11 for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you plans to give you a hope and a future and then underneath it says this God's will will not take you to a place his grace cannot protect you and it was right at that moment and right at that time, because I'm telling you, before I got up there, I thought, how am I going to do this? Because, like, you're brave, and then you get to that moment. But I'm telling you that God's grace is more than sufficient. His peace is more than sufficient to get us through anything. And it's all about perspective, and it's all about what are you seeing. It's all about what drives your life. What are you living for? What's the purpose of your life? If, if the purpose is just to get by and, and, and just survive, then we're missing the whole point of life. When God's called us to, to live in him, the Bible actually says in him we live and move and have our being. And so as we walk in him and live in him and trust in him, we can see that he wants to do great things in us. 
few things I kind of learned through, through that is my dad would always call me every Saturday night. And he'd say, hey, son, I'm just reminding you that um, you got to preach tomorrow. And it was like, like, I was like, Dad, do you not realize that I know it's Sunday and I'll show up? But it's like he thought it was his life's purpose to pray for me and make sure I got to church on Sunday morning. And so last Sunday morning, I felt really, felt really odd because that night before, I didn't get that call. I thought, God, man. I'm thankful that you're still with me. And that's when it kind of hit me. And it was kind of hard. And then um, went through this whole week, and I'm just thinking about all the goodness that God has. And so last night we had a big thing up at the rodeo grounds in Darrington, so I didn't get to watch my Oklahoma Sooners beat Texas Tech. Yeah, <laughs> Boomer Sooner. Thank you, Jesus. They didn't make it close. But so I'm sitting there, I'm watching the recording uh, of the football game, and the phone rings. And it's my son, Jamie, and, and I was like, hey, Jamie, what are you doing? Because it's like 10.30 out where he's at. And he's like, hey, Dad, I just wanted to call and say hi. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, what, what's up? And he goes, I just wanted to remind you that tomorrow's church. Oh, <laughs> and I thought, wow, how gracious are you, God? How wonderful are you? Because when my dad passed into heaven and he's where he wanted to be, he left a legacy, and then my son caught it. And he thought, you know something? He heard that Dad had done that. And he's like, you know what? I'm not going to leave what he started left undone. I'm going to pick that up, and I'm going to carry that forward, and I'm going to do something great. Even if, the, like, sometimes we think the great things are the big things, but it's the little bitty things that add up to a lot. And that's the things that matter. And you, no one will ever know how much that phone call meant to me. Now, we get this opportunity, too. Because, see, Jesus, when he, he died, he rose again and he went to heaven. Right? He didn't die and his body's not resting somewhere. He died, was resurrected, and went to heaven. But he left us with the opportunity to pick up a legacy to pick up a phone and say, hey, I just want to remind you that it's Sunday, or I just want to remind you this, or I just want to remind you that God's got a great plan for your life. If you'll just trust him, if you'll just surrender to him, if you'll just say, you know something, here, here, here I am. It's coming to him and coming to him. The Bible says that those who worship him worship him in spirit and truth and coming to him as our focus in spirit, in truth, saying, you know what? You have my undivided attention. I'm present in your presence, and I'm ready. Let's check it out. Let's, let's move forward. Let's go and do something great, because we could change the world if we'll just get that mentality. And there's nothing you will ever face or nothing you will ever go through that he, he won't be there. Well, it's not a tragedy that my dad passed. What would have been a tragedy is if I didn't know where he was. And so much of the time we wait until people are lying in a casket or sitting in an urn up here to say, rest in peace. But the truth is, is if you know Jesus, you'll rest in peace then already. But God wants us to rest in his peace, in his completeness while we're still breathing. And when we do that, that's going to give us hope. And we can go, go forward and we can go into the, 
into the future with hope. Now, there's some good things, too. I got to see my kids. I got to see my grandkids, and I got my granddaughter. Um, to, I got to see two of my grand, granddaughters, but my oldest granddaughter always called me Popo, and, and I love Popo, and um, I love that name because it's like Grandpa just made me sound old. <laughs> and, like, I'm not old, right? I mean, I don't look old, right? You're supposed to say yes. Right. Yeah, don't say, say no, you look old, man. Right? So Allie comes, you go, Popo, Popo, Popo. And so my youngest granddaughter, she's two, two and a half. Her name's Gracie. And so she heard Popo, but it does not come out Popo. It comes out Poopo. <laughs> so I'm walking around and she's going, Poopo, Poopo, Poopo. And I'm like, oh, good Lord. That's not Papa, but like she can look at me and then it just melts my heart. And I'm like, you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> you know? And so, so here she is, poopo, 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 and running to me at the church or running to me there. And they're like, what, are this, what is she calling you? And I was like, that means Papa in Gracie talk. <laughs> but the difference between Papa and Poopo was one O. Oh. One O. I'm just thankful she didn't add another O on the end. Because then I'd be poo-poo. And then I'd really know what she thought of me, right? But I got a question for you, and it's this. What's the difference between God and good? Now think about this. What's the difference between God and good? Absolutely nothing. God is good. Good is good because of God. But there was one little O added to good. So really, if it's an O, it's a zero, and it means there's nothing. God is good. You ever hear the song, God is good, sometimes? <laughs> God is good? All the time. Right? I'm not going to sing it because you guys will fire me. But God's good all the time. But there's no difference between God and his goodness or God and who he is and God and his love or God and his peace. God is good. God is love. God is peace. Peace isn't something we're trying to obtain, but it's a person and his name is Jesus. The Bible says that he's the peace that breaks down every wall. Every wall. And that's really good news for us. And so I was just thinking, of, like yesterday we did a, a trunk or treat for the community at the rodeo grounds in Darrington. And, and all these kids were coming through and we were handing out candy. And we'd seen all, there's all kinds of costumes. And some people should have had costumes because they were scary already. <laughs> and they're walking through getting candy and getting their stuff. And as I was sitting there watching, I was thinking, man, Tonight's Halloween, and I get to preach on Halloween and share Jesus. And I'm like, like we've let the enemy kidnap too many things. And I was like, I'm not going to allow this to be an opportunity for the enemy to kidnap something that we can give God the glory for. Right? And so I was just thinking about that all, all day yesterday. And I thought when I was a little kid, I, like I, my, my dad, one of the things he loved was Halloween. And it was because he had taken me trick-or-treat. And when I was first born, like I, I was born in August, and by uh, um, October 31st, I was two months old, 
he had me dressed up and going door to door. I'm pretty sure I didn't say trick or treat, but he did. <laughs> right? Because he was so excited about, about, about just having a son, just having someone he could take out and, and do things with. And so when I think about that, I got a good memory for that. But I remember when you get to the door, you'd ring the door, right? Actually, actually, though, one year I dressed up as a girl. I was in middle school. And I was like, man, I was hot. <laughs> I'd never done it again because like, I'd walk down the street and they'd whistle at me. And then when I went to my um, middle school principal's house, I knocked on the door. And she's like, hi, who are you? Did you bring these kids with you? Didn't even realize it was me, and so I was like, this is wrong. I look too good as a girl, so I'm not going to dress like this ever again. So, like, I never dressed up for Halloween ever again after that anyway. I was like, I'm over this, right? But we walk up to the door, and you know what we'd say? Trick or treat. Trick or treat. And it's like, like what, what? And then how many people, like, everyone go, goes around and goes, Boo. Like, that's not scary. <laughs> like, he says, boo. You know, when you see little babies, you go, go, oh, boo. You know? It's like, are you mean? I mean, if that was really that bad, you're like scaring little babies and making them cry and all that kind of stuff. But, but it's not like that. Boo's not real scary. Anyway, that's beyond the point. <laughs> but trick or treat. That's the main theme of this entire day. When you watch, walk up, trick or treat. You know what? Every time I'd go up and I'd say that, you know what? I'd always get a, uh, a um, treat. I never got a trick, right? So, so I, my cousin said, we need to make up a, a song for trick or treat. And so he made up a song that was like, like, or heard it from somewhere. It was trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. Like, who's going to smell your feet? <laughs> they stink, Bart. His name is Bart. Like, by the way, if you're watching Bart, they still stink, Right? But who's going to smell your feet, right? And so just silly stuff like that. But it made me think a lot about how we are with God and what religion sets us up for. Because religion sets us up for do good, get good, do bad, get beat. There's no winning in it, right? Because it's based on ourselves and on our own works. You ever guys ever ever watch like like the um, DIY network or... Or home and garden or stuff, and these people are all doing their own projects and trying to build their house their own way. And so they come in and and erect some, and then they'll figure out that they didn't do it good enough, so they need a contractor to come in and help it, right? So, so to me, that's what I think a lot of religion is. It's DIY. It's do it yourself. It's leaning on yourself, leaning on your works, leaning on what you can do. Leaning on what you can provide. Leaning on getting hope for yourself when there's no hope out there. And then you find out that you can't do it yourself. And you've got a mess and you've got a wreck. And all you got with DIY spells die. And you find yourself that you're just dead and without hope and without no place to go. And that's what religion gives us. But Jesus did not come to give us a religion. He came because he is the life. 
He is the truth. He is the way. He doesn't want us to lean on our own works, but he wants us to walk in the power of his spirit and living in him and living in a finished work that only comes from him. And I love that. In Luke chapter 11, this is a great, great uh, chapter, by the way, like there's a bad chapter in the Bible. I don't like that one. We'll stay away from that. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. So, like, this kind of made me think of, uh, of what people are going to be doing all over the, all over the country. Tonight, they're going to be going up to someone's houses and basically going to say, hey, please give me a piece of candy. Right? And you know what's really cool? And, and there's some really cool nuggets you can learn from about anything. But, like, when I was a kid, you knew to go to the houses with, that had the light on. Right? I don't want to go to someone who's messed up to learn something. Like, I don't go to someone who just got a horse to learn how to train a horse. Because we're both going to be messed up. I go and look for the best there is, right? And I want to learn and find out all they have. And so I look for the light, right? And so that light's not a thing, but it's a person. And his name's Jesus, right? But here they are. They're, they're, it says, then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Like, he's not even asking. He's going to this friend's house. house. It says he's a friend, by the way. It's not like it's a stranger. And he's going and asking him, so he has something that he needs. He has something that, that can help him and nourish him, but he's not even asking for himself because he's asking for a friend who has come on a journey, right? Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. He's like, man, it's too late. Like, I ain't getting out of bed for you. I was like, come back in the morning or go somewhere else, right? You don't need the bread that bad. But he had what they needed. Do you know you have what this world needs? Do you know you have something inside you and a call and a place in your life that only you get and people only you can reach? God didn't call us to be spectators, but he called us to be active and present and going out. He said... He didn't say go into the church and sat down. He said go into all the world. Not just preach the gospel, but live the gospel and watch what God wants to do, right? That's not my message either, so I'm going to go on. But listen, then the one side answers, don't bother me, the door's already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of his, the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So he's like, you know what? The guy's 
sitting there. He's like, hey, Kenny. He's like, I ain't getting up. And he's like, hey, I want some more bread. I, I want some bread. I have this need. I have that need. And so here Jesus goes on and says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for you for everyone. Now, listen to this. Who does it say for some people? For everyone. And do you know what that means in Greek? Everyone. everyone. <laughs> right? What a surprise. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. It reminds me again of the story of the persistent widow who went to the king, right? And she just kept hounding on him. Hey, hey, I need help. And you, you, know, you always hear the greasy, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Like she invented that phrase. Right? She's like, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. It's like Jacob, when he was wrestling with the angel, he grabbed a hold of God or, or the angel, and he said, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. There's a time I remember when people used to get down and pray, and they would cry to God, and like my grandma would not get up until she got an answer. And you know what? Even though my grandma's gone and... My, those people are gone. I still feel their prayers to this day. Because we're thinking in time. And God's thinking beyond time. Your prayers can go beyond you in ways you never dreamed. But we can go to God and say, you know what? Hey, God, you should be the one that I put my trust in. You should be the one that I put my hope in. You should be the one that I surrender to you and say, I'm going to trust you for whatever I need or whoever, whatever's going on in my life. And then we just give it to him and knock. Like, man, if you don't get an answer right away, just knock. I'm learning that I just ask and then I trust him. I'm learning that I trust him because I can be thankful and say, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Like Jesus was when he was standing at Lazarus' grave. He, he said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. Lazarus, get up. And it brings it to knowing who we are, but even above that, knowing whose we are. And that will give us the ability to know who we are, right? So I was just thinking, because ask, seek, here's a friend asking, and that friend will get up. And he's like, that friend will do it. What about, what about your heavenly Father who gave you everything when he gave you Jesus? That's pretty cool, right? Think about that. The Bible says that he gave us his son, just like Abraham went to sacrifice his son, his only son whom he loved. God gave us his son. And if he gave us his son, how much more? Will he take care of us? See, one thing I learned was there's a little dash between dates. Just a little dash between dates. We get a certain amount of time to be here and to impact life and to impact people. And why waste our time when we can just totally surrender it to him and say, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to go with you. I ain't got time for all this other stuff that's going on around me. My focus is you and the people around me.
And when we do that, something happens in our heart. Like, you know something? God, man, you're so good, and I love you, and I can see your peace, and I can feel your peace. And as I was sitting there at at a funeral, I was looking at, at, at a casket that the body of my dad was in, but my dad wasn't even there. And then my eyes popped up and I saw people out there and I saw a video camera out there because everything now has to be Zoom too, you know, or Facebook Live. I thought, you know something? No, nothing can be done for my dad right now. He's got it going on. But those out there, that's our purpose. And as I looked down thinking, I was like, wow, thank you, Father. For, for such a great dad and a dad that brought me, you know, I never knew a day that my dad didn't love Jesus. I knew some hard days where I, I don't know, a lot of people might have thrown him away, but not my dad. I never knew a day where my dad didn't love people. On his dying bed, he could barely set up and the nurse walks in. She, she's like, yeah, he... Um, my dad's name was Larry. He goes, hey, Larry, I'm getting ready to leave. And my dad hadn't been able to even raise up in like over, um, over uh, uh, like three days. And she says, every time I come in, he prays for us. And so she read her hand down there. And my dad took her hand and said a little prayer and then was back, went back out. My dad went in for surgery. He's sitting on the, on, the anest- on the table and he's talking to the anesthesia before they put, it at, put, it, put him out. And he looked at him and he said, you're not right with God. You've been running from God. And I was like, man, that's not the time, Dad. <laughs> I'm like, that's your anesthesia. It's like, you really shouldn't be talking to him that way. Right? It's like, like, like you're not right with God. And the dude breaks down and starts crying. How did you know that? He's like, my grandma's a preacher, and I've been running, for, from, running from God, and I would just keep thinking, man, I'm not right with God, and I need to give my heart back and get back into church. And the dude ended up surrendering to Jesus before he put my dad out for a surgery. You think God can only use you when you're strong? You think God can only use you when you feel strong? The Bible says that, that in our, it's his strength, right? In our weakness, his strength is so much more abundant and so much greater, right? So we can trust him in that and know that he's with us. But I was thinking of all these stories and thinking of all these things that had went on. And then I realized something. Man, I had a great dad. I have a great dad. But he opened up something for me that I can never thank him enough for. Because since I had a great earthly father, I can connect that I have a greater heavenly father. The Bible says this. Which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will you give him a snake instead? Actually, it says, if you being evil, we go over to Matthew, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? See, as good and as righteous and great as I thought my dad was, when it came to being compared to God himself, in that sense, he was considered evil. 
His righteousness didn't come through what he done. His righteousness come through the sacrifice of Jesus. And he lived in that. But he says, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more? If you ask for a fish, will he give you a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those of, who ask him? So he's really... You ask for a fish, is he going to give you a snake, trick, or treat? You ever go to God and you're like, man, I got this knee, but I don't want to go to God because I don't want to ask him this because I'm not sure he'll, if I ask for this, I might get something bad instead. Anybody ever do that? I guess just me. Like, I don't know. If God really loves me because I'm going through this and I see this happening and that happening, I was asking for a blessing and God says, trick or treat. And look, all he gave me was a trick. Think of Joseph, man. God gave him a dream and his dream put him into slavery and then his dream put him into to prison. But God had a purpose beyond what Joseph could see, think, or feel. And he used him and put him in a place that he could not have gotten in his own power or his own might. Trick or treat? What are you expecting? What are you asking? What's in your heart? What has God put in your heart? And you're like, Father, I know you put this in my heart and I know you want to do great things, but I can't dare talk about it and I can't dare even express it. And God's saying... Come and bring that to me. Surrender that to me and watch what I'm going to do with it. Because I will change your life if you just let me. Is it a trick or treat? Maybe you're out there watching this video, and I know you guys watch because we get letters. So if you're watching it, please let us know. Send us a letter, even if it's bad. That's okay. Um, only address it to Jim Fitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. But let us know. But if you're there and you don't know Jesus, I'm telling you, you got the greatest opportunity because he died for you and he gave his life for you. And all you got to do is say, Father, I believe in your sacrifice. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. And he will make you a new creation. But it's trick. Or treat. I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians because I love this and I'm probably going to run out of time. But it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. 
And he says this, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. Was that a trick? Or was that a treat? Why would Jesus die for us if we have to do everything to gain our own righteousness? The danger was never to exaggerate the gospel, but always to underestimate it. God doesn't want us to lean upon our own works, man. It's not a trick. He doesn't say, hey, I'm going to die for you, but guess what? Trick, you still got to do, do it all on your own. What a tragedy if we live our lives like that when we have the greatest gift ever in Jesus himself. Amen? So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for just loving us and being so kind to us and for your faithfulness. Let us have a revelation that you didn't come to trick us, but you came to give us life and life more abundantly, that you are our life. And that we have a hope beyond anything that we could imagine or think. And so we just surrender to you. We surrender to your peace. And we surrender to your grace. And we surrender to everything that you are. So that we can live in that. And change this world for you. And so we thank you for that. In the mighty name of Yeshua, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.